will be people uh, that can can use your help. And people want to be around people who are optimistic, productive, and make the experience, dare I say, joyful. Because at the end of the day, what we do is we are middle people. We are not, we can't be the source of the drama. Welcome to Doing Big Things. I'm Brett McDermott, and every week we are going to explore the systems, mindset, and habits that are allowing people to take action on their dreams and be the hero of their own story. My hope is that you walk away from every episode with new tools and strategies that will help you to realize your full human potential and do big things in your own life. I appreciate you being here. Let's get started. Right. I am really excited today, guys, as we are joined by a New York City real estate super agent. He is in the 0.001% of real estate producers nationwide. Inman calls him one of the top 10 most innovative agents in America. People Magazine says he makes some of the most innovative inventive video advertisements the world has ever seen. He's a frequent on-air expert on NBC, CNBC, CNN, you name it. There's a lot of people that are seeking out this man's advice, and we're going to do our best to figure out how he's doing all he's doing. Brian Lewis, thank you for being on the show, my man. Hey, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me, Brett. Um, you forgot one of the zeros in the zero. <laughs> Damn, so point I don't even know. You know what that was? I was, I'm part of this uh, men's group, this, um, we meet every couple of weeks and we talk and sure. we're, we, one of the guys, he's a big Goldman guy. He's like, uh, I think I had said like a number 35 or whatever. He goes, you know what? I don't want to know about 35. Cause I'm going to wonder the 34 other people that I should be hiring that aren't sure. you. Right. Like, he right. said, maybe you can figure out the percentage. And it was like, well, it was 0.001. I was like, that's kind of weird. But if I say, one percent that's underselling myself right right i I mean who cares like you know what a seller really cares more about their success sure than yours (laughs) so yeah it's great if you have success but if you can't translate that into more money in their pocket with less stress sellers they don't care they don't care a hundred percent but it's still listen a really impressive to get to that tier of agents nationwide And, and listen, it's a big reason why people listening to the show are going are gonna to tune in because they want to know how, how the hell you got there. Because I, I would doubt that most people listening, you know, are in that tier, you know, yet. <laughs> well, you know what? I don't even know if you ever, I mean, do you aim for that? Do you, I, I, you just keep doing it over and over and over and trying to get better and better and better and better. It's like people who are runners who try to get the best mile they can ever get. It's a lifelong pursuit. And you just wake up one day and you're like, oh, shit, I've been doing this 20 years. <laughs> so, right. And, and uh, it's like fitness a little bit for me. It's, it's not a fad for the bathing suit. Uh, sure. It's more like it's uh, part of my neuroses. Like, get yeah. out, get the stuff done, get the mindset going, get the body moving, get my workout in, get my stuff done, go home, put on some real estate drag, get out, hit the street, roll. That's I- rinse and repeat. Rinse and repeat. And then suddenly someone goes, you're the top point. Oh, oh, and you're like, I don't even know. I'm just in my lane, man. Like, okay, cool. <laughs> like, I like that. That's, that's literally, I, that's how I do it. And Can some we, people yeah. are, are maybe more methodic with it. 
some people are maybe saying, look, this is a 10 year plan and I'm going to do this and I'm going to scale. And I'm going to die and I'm going to kill it. Great. That's your plan. That's cool. So. No, it sounds like you're totally engulfed in, you know, the process, enjoying the journey. And, you know, maybe if from day one, you weren't like, I'm going to get in that point zero zero one percent I'm just going to get up and do my thing every day. Be the best I, Brian Lewis I can be. Literally, a, you like, know, literally that's the, that's what it is. And I think when I got married, that sort of raised the stakes for me because now it wasn't just like selfish ego boy. It was selfish ego boy married. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, I've got bills to pay. And then all of a sudden you have a kid and then you have another kid. That's the best thing ever. But it's, uh, it definitely puts you on a schedule hundred percent in a way that, you know, I used to, I, I think back when I was a really younger, a younger agent, uh, in 1999. Yeah. I said that <laughs> I remember I would wake up at like, you know, 10 30 thinking that was early. And my life, my, my cycles were different, right? Like you go to the gym at 11. It's just a bunch of unemployed actors, which is what this guy was and, uh, <laughs> and waiters and like, you know, um, people of the night, I call it right. Like sure. coming in the coffee and all the, now when I go, it's like, you know, 7am and it's wall street and this and that. And the people I meet, it's better for my business than hundred percent that my fellow bohemian artist types, which I still think are better people to be <laughs> in every way. I trust the artists. I trust them more than anybody. Um, but it's a different cycle and you, that kid and that marriage, whatever that, for me and everybody has a different path that really, uh, that raised my game and that I, yeah. put me on a schedule. And now I'm around, you know, other parents and school people and you meet people, your business changes. It just changes your life. It does. A hundred percent. There's more mm. stakes. You know, you're not just providing for yourself anymore. You're providing for a family. I just had, uh, you know, my first, uh, a little over a year ago, he's 13 months old right now. Oh, and, that's amazing. And, uh, it does, man. It, it totally just changes the way that you look at life and it changes the way you look at your business for sure. A hundred percent. And like you said, no more getting up at, you know, 1030, the little guy, make sure I'm up at, you know, five thirty, six AM every morning. Morning. So there's no more sleeping in. I don't got to worry about that. <laughs> That's so funny. I was telling my group the other day, I said, uh, so they, they, they were thinking they could put the open house times in for every home, like a one size fits all in different neighborhoods. I was like, okay, no, 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 no. Think about it. What time do people in that neighborhood wake up? And if it's a one bedroom, probably they're not on the same schedule. We are, uh, morning might be 11. Right. True. That might Very be true. when you wake up. So I said, maybe we gauge our open houses now, now in a neighborhood that is you know, between two parks with three and four bedrooms, that's going to attract a different crowd. Right. So they've been up since six right. and 11 AM for them is lunch. Right. Right. Yeah, so that's true. I like you can that. do an earlier time for them because they'll I, be wide eyed by eight o'clock. They're on the third cup of coffee. By that, 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 that's pretty smart, actually. I never even thought about that, but for sure. Yeah. The one what bedroom time does crew. the neighborhood wake up. Yeah. Who's your audience? I love that. that. Know your audience and, and we'll know get to that. Audience. We'll definitely get to that in a little bit. Uh, I want to just talk about 
your story a little bit, right? A native Virginian, you know, raised in North Carolina and Georgia. Mm. You graduated with a BA from William and Mary, you know, government and theater. There you go. And then you set your sights on New York City to train as an actor. You know, I got to know, you know, what did that transition look like from acting into real estate? Oh, well, it wasn't all easy. To For be sure. Clear, a lot of tears because <laughs> I was going through a little bit of a, who do I want to be? What do I want to be? So I'll back up a little bit. We moved a lot. Okay. I thought it was normal yeah. to have a for sale sign in your yard that you had to pull out and mow around and like weed eat around like mm-hmm. and put it back in. I thought that was what everyone did. <laughs> we sure. moved a lot. My dad um, has, he was a great sales guy, like maybe one of the best I've ever seen. Okay. And he sold, he worked for Sara Lee Corporation and Planners Peanuts and and Playtex and all these desperate things, disparate things. And he was the guy who maybe didn't have the biggest degree, but so he had to hustle more. So he had to chase the job. So we moved around the Southeast quite a bit. And I went to four high schools, right? So, no way. Wow. Uh, That's wild. I didn't know any different, right? I just thought, oh, you move. Right. You up and go. It was part of the deal. And went to a lot of, you know, primary and middle schools too. But the longest I lived anywhere besides New York was Charlotte, North Carolina. I still love it to this day. North Carolina is one of the most special states I think I've ever been to. Yeah. And good people. Um, But I really loved it. And so I really felt that when they moved us back to Virginia, I really felt it because I was real involved in theater and I had my friends and you were getting to that age where it Mm -hmm. wasn't as easy. So you become a little bit, um, chameleon is the wrong word. Um, because you're still you and you try to be genuine, but you learn like, Oh, last year I was more of that guy. And this year I'm going to tap into this guy more. And you kind of learn to play a room. Right. The play, the, the sort of play the room you're in, like the audience. And I went from like an inner city Charlotte school. Where I was kind of bust into a multicultural school. It was fantastic um, and huge. And then when we moved back to Virginia, it was a rural school, like tractors were driven to school. I'm not even kidding. And it was a tiny, <laughs> tiny school. It was like going to that school in Footloose. Remember in Footloose where they sure, couldn't dance? Do you sure. even know that movie? I, I, um, yeah, I know that one. I know. That yeah, one. and it was like culture shock, but the best education. I mean, the Virginia schools were by far. Sorry, North Carolina, by far. But, but it was incredible. The public sure. school there. So, and that sharpened me up. So I went from an A student in North Carolina. Suddenly, I was a C student in Virginia, <laughs> and trying hard to keep up with these kids. They were like a grade ahead of me, really. And then suddenly, yeah. I was in the AP classes. And the long and short of that is that got me into William and Mary. It, it really, because that it's a challenging school academically. And but for me, it was like that was one of the among the first people in my family to ever go to college or finish college. Okay, so it was kind of a big thing. Where I'm going with all this is I just learned more about people and although we went to the same type of church, it was a different type of approach mm-hmm. and the same type of school, but a different type of approach, different people. And we were moving a lot and I got to see my parents in transition. So I have a sympathy and an empathy for anyone going through the process, whether they're moving down the street, across the country, across the world. So That's I super naturally interesting. felt an understanding toward that. So, so cool. when I moved to New York, uh, in 91, yeah. Can you believe it? 1991. 
<laughs> that that was a year, guys. That was a year. Man. That, that was, was a year. Gen that X, was a, y'all. That was a hell of a year, guys. Yeah, right. So I moved here in '91 to uh, study with this acting teacher named Uta Hagen. Not really, but I I got in her class and I thought that was kind of cool. She was sure. kind of a great thing. She's dead, but she was fantastic. Uh, and I got in there and I was like, wow. And then I started doing commercials. Then I started doing um, off-Broadway plays. And then I started doing readings and little film roles and uh, soap opera, like a week here and a week there and a day player. And I, it was kind of rolling all right. along. So it was happening for you. It was happening. I, mean, I paid off all my student debt with a McDonald's commercial. I did. I sold Toyota. I like, like big commercials. Like sure. I look into the camera and I talk. And if any of you guys were even watching TV in the 90s or even born yet, um, I probably was on your TV screen. Oh, I got so, I, I, I to look that up. Yeah. The Brian Lewis Toyota ad. Is oh, that there's I, a reel. Is that? Okay, good. Oh, Perfect. there's a reel. <laughs> I was a head and shoulders guy. This was amazing. Oh, man. This was some serious I could, situation. I could, definitely, <laughs> I could definitely see you as the after the after guy in the head and shoulders ad. No, for, totally, totally. For sure. For um, sure. It was so much fun. Uh, payday, <laughs> like I did volleyball with my shirt off. Like, uh, All right, so like, so things things were going well. I mean, you had a solid trajectory with the acting. It compared to like. many of my friends, I did. And when I told them I was going to stop and do something, I was like, "Wait, if you're not going to continue, what what hope do we have?" Right. And 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 I, I many of them stayed at it, and many of them now are really household names. Okay, so, interesting. And interesting. I love that. I yeah. love that, but I didn't hey. always. I got jealous. I had to work through it, as I mentioned. I mean, you're so, you're a household name too. You're just a household name in the real estate industry. You know, point it's, oh, it's, oh, 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 oh I mean, we're we're, we're still well, tracking down zeros. I think there's still a few out there. Still <laughs> but, but life is long. You don't know where it, you don't know where it's going to go. I still pay my union dues. I got my SAG card. Oh, I love it. Uh, keep it alive. <laughs> keep it alive. That's my daughter's at. After I pay for your college, damn it, I'm going to go back on the boards. So I'm going to be old motherfucker keep it alive i, Did I like say it. that on your podcast yeah 100 percent. sure absolutely mm. we, we had chris benyamin from los angeles who was uh cursing up a storm last oh, week Lord. so well, so, anyway. so we're, we're so we're, we're just letting it rip at this point let it rip but um so in 1999 actor strike screen actors guild strike. Oh, okay so i was carrying bags at a hotel four seasons hotel and i um I did that at the Ritz Carlton in the Four Seasons and Crown Plaza. Did the hotel stuff was my waiter job because sure. they, could, they would feed you. Then you had a uniform mm-hmm. and you didn't come home smelling like food. I like that. And I love <laughs> hotels. And I like that luxury hotel vibe because who would ever think that, that you could afford to, you know, those were the rich people, right? Yeah, for sure. So I checked in every freaking celebrity from the 90s that you could think of. I remember the Olsen twins. I carried them on my arms. Up no the way. Yeah. Brian, that's cool. Man. In fact, they still weigh the same thing. <laughs> you could still I do don't it. even, I don't know. Them, I, I remember that I was their Bowman and I did. That, so. That's um, wild. That's wild. Uh, President Jimmy Carter, Oprah Winfrey, Tony Robbins, these people, uh, every movie star, uh, Tina Turner, um, Woody Harrelson. These are people I checked in all the time. These are like, it was so much fun. Yeah. And you know, we were, kids all of us and so we were working night shifts auditioning during the day doing little gigs getting our you know doing a soap for a week and getting someone to cover your shifts and then had a ball and then at night going out for beers and like rinse and repeat right sure getting up hitting the gym at 10 o'clock you know go to your audition it was fun and um so 99 an actor strikes the screen actors guild said you can't work 
And I, I took that very seriously. A lot of people, well, they, they sort of kept doing non-union jobs. I just didn't do that. And I went to um, the Actors Fund, and uh, it's now called the Entertainment Community Fund. And I said, I need to do something. I'm turning 30 and 99. Right. Do the math. <laughs> and uh, I said, what do I do with my life? And they said, here's a bubble sheet. And remember those bubble sheet? You fill sure, in? sure. So here's a bubble sheet. Uh, fill this in and we'll talk. And so I filled it in and they are like, you should go to law school. William and okay. Mary, you went to William and Mary, call them, like apply, take your LSATs. And I was like, no, next question, uh, <laughs> next idea. And, uh, and they were like, real estate? And I was like, huh. Okay. You're like, that could work. That could work. Yeah. So they signed me up. I took the class and uh, got my license. And then no one would meet with me. Not even one. Corcoran wouldn't take a meeting. Elliman would not take a meeting. Really? Ron Harris would not take a meeting. Uh, Sotheby's would not take a meeting. And I didn't know what to do. So I was walking my dog one day and uh, I was going through a breakup. So it was one of those like turning 30, going through a breakup, walking his dog, looking for a new career when he grows up. (laughs) And there was this guy walking his dog and our dogs were doing that thing dogs do. And they smell each other and this and that. And we started talking. His name is John Caraccioli, still a friend to this day and a freaking great agent. One of the best. And John, and I said, what do you do? He said, well, I was an actor. I was like, oh, wow, that's cool. Uh, And he said, but now I'm in real estate. I was like, oh, that's really cool. Uh, I said, I just got my license and no one will call me. (laughs) I remember to this day, he goes, he goes, can you give me your number? And I'm going to give it to my manager, Michael. Okay. And he'll call you. And I said, yeah, that'd be great. Thank you. And he said, I don't know why I'm doing this. Cause I think you're going to be competition for me. <laughs> and I was like, cause you're a nice guy. Please go do it. Please go do it. Cracioli, please. Yeah. And he did. And Michael called me and uh, Michael's probably the best manager in the history of New York real estate. Okay. He's a fun guy. He's a, he's an intense dude. Um, he, he's a hard, he's a hard teacher. And uh, he taught me everything I need to know. Uh, and then some, I still feel like I don't know an eighth of what he knows. And, uh, he's a friend for life. So I was, I was at Halstead from 99 on a little typewriter stand in the downstairs where I shared a computer with someone in the corner. Okay. Cause I, I made no money. I was a bottom of the rung. Sure. And I just started growing and doing and learning and growing and learning and doing and da, 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 da. whenever they had some new concept, I'd be like, I'll do it. Right. So I came up with this idea. They were like, Hey, we have these guys who want to do videos. Anybody would care. And I was like, I like, I like that. I yeah. like that. I missed the camera. I want to do it. I have an ego. So I just started doing it. Still working with that crew today. Um, I'm, I'm nothing if not loyal, if it works for you. Uh, <laughs> but I wasn't um, so loyal in uh, yeah, six years ago when Compass came a column. Sure. Uh, I listened. I listened to the pitch, um, Robert Refkin and, and this and that. And, and I, I remember telling them that I was in a really good marriage. And if they wanted me to leave my marriage, they had to go as a new company and prove to me <laughs> that they weren't a stripper. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I appreciate you giving us the real authentic I, that's what I said. version they, of what happened. I wish I'd gone earlier because nothing ventured, nothing gained. Mm-hmm. And if I had gone day one 
I would have had even more rewarding experience. Um, but I, I did come, it took me a while. I'm, I'm, I'm not a slow adapter nor a slow changer. I'm just a methodic person. Sure. I'm not an impulsive person. Um, so, so that, I'm so, ready, I'm ready. So, so Refkin had to court you for a while before you were ready for to, sure. and it to, started to with make that job. Cause I know, I know Ruth for years in the industry. She's fantastic. She kept saying, let me tell you about my son. Let me tell you about my son. I'm like, okay, how, your son, tell me about your son. Yeah. And then finally I met Robert and I met some of the people and, um, it was great. It, it really has been great. And that was sad to leave Halstead it really was, uh, sure. because that, that was a fan freaking tastic company. And it's, it's, uh, the culture, the people, and they blended with Brown Harris because it was always the same, you know, two companies under one banner, uh, but good people, really good, solid, good values. I needed a change for me. For sure. It had been, you know, 99 to what, six years ago. That was yeah, a long time. That's a long time. But, and, I think long that, time. and I think that's fair, but I, I guess yeah. I want to just touch on a little bit more on like the early years. Mm. at Halstead. It sounds like you didn't necessarily jump into the business with a rocket strap to your back. Like you were top producer from day one, you no. know, did you start on a team? Did you start out doing mostly no, rentals? Teams weren't a thing, guys. Te teams weren't a thing. Teams so, weren't a thing. It was just a matter, matter of fact, I remember I, I was one of the originators of the early version of what a team was. I was like, Oh, I just get a bunch of people. And I, 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 we didn't know what we were doing. So I knew they did this like in Texas and Georgia. It was a Keller Williams thing. I, right. I, I kind of watched them and I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And I tried to do it. What did I call it? I called it Team Lewis. Team Lewis. Team Lewis has a nice yeah. ring to it. Sounds like an, yeah. Amer like an, an American gladiator or something. You know? Team like Lewis. <laughs> in the corner, we have Team Lewis. Um, and and uh, we did it. And then there was the recession, right? Remember that? Um, sure. It hit. And uh, I was like, whoa, we kind of don't have a lot going on here. There's no market. Bye. So we kind of all, they were great. I mean, I loved my group. I loved them. I didn't love managing them and I still don't. I okay. still like just being the quarterback. I don't know if I like being the coach. Okay. To be clear. For sure. There are some people that really get off on that. And, but I have a, a personality brand, I think, mm -hmm. right? It's me. It's like me with my backup dancers. And, right, right. You know, but they're great. All of them could be agents on their own and do damn well. Yeah. But you're, I, you're, you're like Aaron Rodgers. Like, just give me the rock and I'm going to show up on Sunday and I'm going to sling it, baby. You're not I, like, you know, you're not that's like what I like. Right. You're, you're, I like. Yeah, you're I not love being out showing. Yeah. I love to connect. I love I love to have the asset people want. Who doesn't? And I enjoy that. I enjoy the marketing part of it. Um, I'm good with buyers. Do I love the hunt? Not so much. Yeah. There's some people that really excel on that. And I have a, a, a wonderful individual named Linda Hahn who works with me. She is so good at that. Oh my gosh. I watch Linda go and I'm like, wow. Like I want her to be my agent. Like, yeah. I, I don't, sure. I, I'm good at no, if you know what you want and I know you're qualified and we're going to have a good time and I'm good at it. But if I had my druthers, I would uh, really be selling. I'd yeah. like to have the asset. I like to market it video it, make a story, produce it. It's like a show, like for sure. making a show and then people, then I open the theater and then somebody realizes that it's their home. I like that part. I, and I'm curious, like 
because I know you didn't necessarily come in and do great business in the first year or two. How did you work your way into like the listing side, like the five, 10, 20, 30, $40 million listings? How did you get to that point? Was it cold calling? Was it just going to events and rubbing elbows with these people? Like, how'd you, how'd you break into that? No, you know, there's no no one way. And I always feel like I haven't found it yet because some people listening to this will be going, Oh my gosh, he does all that. And then some people will be listening going like, I do way more than that. Like everybody's in their own lane and everyone, that's all good. But I still have mountains to climb that I want to climb. Of course. Dreams. Dance of course, of, so. of course you do. But, but, but I, I think started, pe- people got to yeah. know, like, how did you get to this, you know, I did some rentals? Okay. I mailed after I did a rental in the building and okay. said, I just, uh, closed. And I think it was in small print that it was a rental and the lady called me Sure, and she's like, I want to sell my apartment. I'm like, I don't know how to do that. Right. And so I, <laughs> I was like, I'm calling my manager right after I get out of here. Um, and, uh, I got hired by her. Her name is Etta and she's now a friend for life. And I remember the table that we signed it on. I ended up buying that table from her because it was where my first exclusive got signed. And oh, that's that cool. Table now. That's cool. Um, yeah, it's very cool. That's she's, a great she was story. So cool and she's been super loyal and that's led to a loft sale and some things with her family. But sure. I just let people believe what they want to believe. And I uh, did that sale and I made sure I was really good at it. And I remember I would always put on music like Moby was hot popular at the time. And, <laughs> and the Moby, and I have this vibe. I'm not going to be the broker. I'm going to be like this cool vibe. And it worked. And nice. people jammed on that apartment. I had so much fun and people loved it. And I've in, I've sold that apartment, same one, three times now. Nice. And, uh, but yeah, I just like let that narrative go. And then when, when I sold for Etta, I mailed out. Uh, and told people that I had a great sale, my latest sale in the neighborhood. And they didn't know it was my only sale in the neighborhood. Um, <laughs> and then that led to one and then I would do another and I would make them feel good. And they'd tell 10 friends and like that, that's how my business has been growing. And it still runs like that. Sure. It's really sort of the, a word of mouth and, and referral. Uh, now I have more bandwidth so I can do bigger videos and bigger things. And I'm always trying to crack that nut for me and not get bored. And then we send those out. I still do mailers guys. And I do emails of course, but I still send a lot saying I sold in your building. I sold in your neighborhood. And now I have the video and it's QR and people can experience it. And having been doing this for so many years, people come up to me sometimes and they, uh, they say, Hey, I watch your videos. Or I, uh, when I sell, I'm calling you like that. Like, that's kind of cool. Hell yeah. Um, Hell yeah. Not all of them do. Not all of them. Did, but, but that but that's smart though, right? Because that video not only used to sell the property, you can maintain that asset and still use it to market oh, for sure. It's to like market yourself. Content and all that storytelling, whatever people want to call it. It's just me like it's me like, you know, making little movies because I'm not, you know, I'm not on the big screen. Well, I'm not, it's, I'm it's not on the broad way. It, it's a perfect <laughs> blend of your previous, you know, life and your, cur- and your current business. It makes Thank perfect you. sense. Thank you for saying that. I, I really it has to, I always have to stop and go, it has to serve the seller. 
Right. It has to serve them more eyeballs on their home, more money in their pocket. And the byproduct is, to your point, it's an evergreen asset for the most part. And you can use it because sometimes I'll be in a, a meeting with a seller in a building or a neighborhood and I'll like, oh, do you mind if I show you this? And then I'll just send it to them. And they're like, I had no idea. You do that too. And I'm like, yeah, a lot of brokers will charge you exactly the same commission I do. And I do that too. And I spend this much money on doing it. And I love doing it. And if it brings you more eyeballs, awesome. Sure. If it brings you more buyers. Great. I've never had anyone go, no, no, don't do that. Right. Um, but they're like, Hey, if you knock yourself out and if I make a f more money or get more eyeballs, great, I'll do that. I love it. I mean, that's, that's approach I super smart to put the QR code on the mailers. Hey, I've, I've sold in this building before. Check out draw the them to what you draw them to the story you want to tell. Right? Yeah. And that's the story I like to tell. Right. And, um, I enjoy telling that story. Very, very cool. And I want to kind of dive a little bit deeper into these like cinematic video tours, you know, that, that you're, that you're so, you know, known for, and you know, they're, they're just super creative. They're entertaining guided tours of the apartment, but they're, they're super slick. They're well-produced. You obviously put a lot well, of time I into them. They're not slick for that reason. Cause I'm not, I don't have the best suits and the best hair, the best skin. And I think that's my note to everybody is just start doing it. Like, sure. You're never going to be damn ready. You're never going to be perfect. There's always going to be someone better looking, better styled, better aesthetics, better. Start with your damn iPhone. Like just play with it. Right. And, and so slick is something I actually try not to be. And so I, but I, I understand, I think why you're using the adjective. Yeah. I just mean like the production value of it. I don't mean like you're like some like slick slimy salesman in the video. I just mean like the production. I not, yeah. But, I just mean the production is well done. Some people want that. Like there are people who will look at me and be like, oh, he's the guy next door telling me this and that. I don't want that. I have a $25 million loft to sell. I want the guy with or the beautiful woman or whatever you are. I want, I want a, you know, I want a, a martini and a, <laughs> a model and I want this to be a mood piece. Well, that's not, you're getting that. You're not getting that with me. So, but if that's your jam, then you go be that. Sure. If you can just organically be that, be that. Like, yeah. you know, it's there's a lot of roles to play. Play you. And I, I gotta know. And these 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 video tours, if you haven't seen them, you gotta check them out. Brian Lewis's YouTube channel is awesome, and he's got a tour Thank for you. for all these properties. Um, have you ever, you know, sold a property directly off of a yeah. contact made yeah. from a video tour? Yeah, the biggest one I ever did. Um, so. I'll tell the story to the day I die. Uh, the uh, guy, I was a second agent, right. On a place that I met a woman in a, in a shared ride, you know, okay. like these uh, shared Uber kind of things, but it was called via. It was sure. great. It was, they were clean. There were these like vans and uh, five bucks a ride can beat it. If you had a lot of emails, you could just get in. <laughs> so she came in, she was with a dog. She's sitting there talking to me and I put my phone down. Um, I like to, talk to people if they want to talk. I'm not like going to, hi, I do real estate. I didn't, that's not me. Um, so we're talking we're, and I heard her speaking French on the phone. So I started speaking in French to about her dog. And I lived in France as a kid, as an exchange student. Um, so I was able to, you know, parlay vous a little bit. And uh, we were just talking about life and her dog and, oh, you speak French and this and that, where you're headed. And at the end of the conversation, she said, what do you do? And I said, well, I, I sell real estate. And so she goes, I would love for you to meet my friend. I said, well, there's your friend. Um, I tell you what, give me your number. So we texted and had that. She goes, 
I'm going to text you his address and I really want you to meet him because I really think you're going to connect. I said, great. So I get out of the car, I text and maybe I'd never hear from this woman again. She goes, his name's this and this and that. And, uh, he lives in Midtown. I was like, all right. I didn't know what I was going to get like a walk up like crazy house or something nice. And, uh, she gave me the address and I called him and we talked. He goes, hey, could you come by later today? I'm like, sure. I'm like, I'm going to run home, put on a better suit. <laughs> like, I was like, I'm like, Oh, okay. And I looked it up and it had been on, it had failed at like 50 million and blah, blah, blah. And the agent was great. Uh, they did. It, it was a great agent stuck with a bad price. Sure. How many of us have been that? Yes. We all ha hands up uh, in yeah. the sky, hands yeah. up to the sky. <laughs> yeah, that agent was fine. Um, yeah. So I'm like, what can I do? Dog and pony, dog and pony, what I'm going to do. So I had, I called my assistant at the time and I said, can you run over there and have a, a book, a presentation book and meet me at the end, da, 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 da. have a handwritten thank you note ready to go. Cause we're going to pop it in with the doorman hand delivery after and all these things. It's little high touches that I would do that I remembered from the four seasons and the Ritz Carlton and just human etiquette. And so I went in and I was very nervous and I met this guy and, he was great. And I immediately decided I wasn't going to get the job. And I decided, well, I'm just going to enjoy this because I'm at this shared ride. Who knows where this is going to go? And he said, do you want a glass of wine? And I was like, well, if you're having, I'm having, cause yeah. I, that's my thing. If you're having, I'm having it's For their sure. house. I want them to be comfortable. You want coffee? Great. Let's have coffee. You want bourbon? Great. Let's have bourbon. I don't have to really drink it, but they that's, can think I'm drinking with them. Yeah. It's a good policy. So they, um, he opens up this wine and I immediately took a sip and I was looking at this view and I was like, Oh my God, this is the best wine. I've ever <laughs> I can't believe I'm drinking this wine and this view is amazing. <laughs> I'm in heaven. I'm not going to get this listing. I just kept drinking, uh, because I decided I'm going to at least enjoy this moment. Sure. And, uh, at the end of it, he said, I, I, I want to hire you as my agent. What do you think this would go for? And I told him and he goes, okay, let's do it. And I was like, what? Oh. So we signed the listing agreement and, right there, uh, right there. You signed it. I, there was some back and forth because sure. there's always an attorney, right? In New York. Mm -hmm. um, and this guy is a billionaire for good reason, right? Sure. He doesn't get there by accident. And so they have a lot of steps, but super chill guy. Uh, and, uh, went into overdrive with the video and this and that and the other. And, and, uh, we, did some great stuff with that video. I was very proud of it. So if you look it up, it's called uh, 157 West 57th street and we closed it. You're, I'm getting to your question. And I remember it. You, you asked me if anybody had ever bought because of the video. Sure. So this buyer calls us from Australia. Also someone who's made it very well and self-made just like my guy self-made. And, uh, my, he said, my grandson saw this video and told me I need to see it. And I was like, oh, great. I saw it. We're flying in. We want to see this property. Okay. They bought it. No way. That's $42 million. That's unbelievable, man. Yes. I mean, that is so I love cool. It. And, and they bought it. And um, they, you know, the, the woman that I met in the Via. Sure. Right? All right. So, like... If I had been on my phone and ignoring life and had my headset in listening to tunes, I would never have met her. Right. Right. So I feel like if everybody just puts the stuff down for a bit and 
see who you're around and talk yeah. to. I'm not saying opportunistically, because if I had that energy, it probably wouldn't have happened. Yeah. But we just connected as people. She wanted to connect. I wanted to connect. Maybe it was meant to be. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe not. But I, I mean, I, I think that's the big takeaway there. I mean, there's a couple takeaways there, but one is, yeah, talk to the people in your market, you know, connect with people just for the sake of connecting, you know, not with like the, the thirsty commission breath, but you're just out there talking to the people in your, breath. you know, that's you're, funny. you're just, you got, yeah, nobody likes commission <laughs> breath, you know, you're just out oh. there. You're just in the, in the cab connecting with another human being in your market because you like people. And then the other takeaway there is Boy, video marketing is so important, especially with these high-end properties. I mean, people are on YouTube and it sets you apart. Every listing has pretty photos, but not every listing has a guided tour with someone actually showing them the finer points of the property. And some people do it really well. And, and, and some people don't like being on camera, then don't be. Um, but I do feel like it's a necessary thing now, the way when I started, you barely had pictures online. Sometimes they didn't have a floor plan. Now it's like you wouldn't be caught dead without pictures, right? And 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 that's how I think video is. And there's going to be something else. I feel like the AI thing is going to be pretty intense. Oh, for um, sure. I feel like there will be guy. I, I visualize a world where uh, I think it'll be fun too, where we actually have virtual open houses, and if you want to go in the room for real, you pay the broker. I like that. Ooh, right. I'm, I mean, want, sign me up for that experience, one. Let's go. <laughs> Otherwise, I'll be having my my AI open house. You know, I'm not talking about like the super holding up a camera like we did during COVID, mm. <laughs> like where I'm like in a backyard somewhere pretending I'm not like narrating. Did that too, but um, but I mean, really, like uh, I, I don't. I visualize it some somehow. You're gonna pay for the connectivity of being in the room yourself to really be there. I don't know. Maybe that's maybe, maybe I like what never happened. I, 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 like I yeah, I like where your head's at. The there. human encounter is what's going to differentiate. So telling the story in video is really the first, maybe the second showing. So when they walk in the room, it's like the third showing it right. should be right. Right. I, I feel like that's yeah. it. I, I like that a lot. And as far as like the, you know, the, the, the YouTube, you know, videos, I, I gotta know, do you just post them to your page organically or do you put some money behind them and t target people specifically with the videos? Digital ads. Um, we do some digital ads. That's relatively okay. new for us to go into that area. Um, sure. but, and I drive it always to the video. Okay. Always. So when you click mine, it goes, it goes to the YouTube, right not to my listing page. Sure. I figure if they like that, they'll go deeper on their own. And then the URL is in the, in the notes right on the YouTube page, but it's, it's where I put my, all my eggs, not all, but a lot of my eggs are in the video page. Yeah. I feel yeah. like it's a bit of a differentiator for me and I really enjoy it. I mean, a hundred percent. I mean, talk about just a, a powerful play in a listing presentation, being able to show the fact that you make these, you know, well-produced video tours of the apartments is probably something most agents are not able to talk about on their pitch or, or, and that's okay, but they're talking about whatever makes their magic happen. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe they're just like the best comper in the world. Like they just, they know every property, like uh, rain man, like they just know every property in the world. Sure. Uh, and they're brilliant like that. Then you go that way and you be the stats person. Mm -hmm. You just go, just go be that star. Um, and if you don't respond to my videos, then guess what? I'm not getting the job. Like if you're like, that guy's insufferable, <laughs> fine. 
because I wake up sometimes and I'm like, oh my God, it's exhausting being me. Um, really, like, like literally there are days where I'm like, oh my God, the videos. <laughs> my face is everywhere. Oh God, I'm so no, sick. I don't mean it like that. I'm so I, just, sick like, of seeing it's myself. Like, it's like, uh, like, I don't know why. My natural set point lately is like, uh, I don't want to do that. I like, love it. But then I start doing it. I didn't want to do this podcast. Like I, I wanted it. to be with you. Yeah. But like, I was just like, and my assistant, he, he just laughs. He's like, and you always rock it and you always have fun. And I always do. Cause I like to connect. Yeah, for sure. This is way more fun than emails. Like emails are soul sucking and I'm really good at clerical. Like I'm good at this, that, but I don't like being good at that. Like yeah. I do that and then it sucks my soul. And then I have no time for anything. I'm just depleted. Well, I think that the fact is you're rarely going to be in the mood to do things like this or make phone calls or like do social things like that. Cause I those, do. Cause, it's fine. I usually do yeah. get more energy from them because they're connectivity. Right. Well, once you start, then you feel the energy oh and, my gosh. and you're in the flow. Oh my gosh. No one's like, I get to do 20 emails today and never, or you know, 20 pages <laughs> of emails and never talk to a person. Right. Hooray. No. That, uh, that, that to me is death. I, I'm totally with you. And at least with my video guys, because we talk trash. It's a safe space. Yeah. We, we're like brothers. We have fun. We're just like, those guys are like, yeah, I have a couple of crews I work with and I just, that I have to be having fun. And if I'm not, and I don't feel safe, my creativity just goes away. Totally just, with you. Totally really with you there. Can't, yeah. I just. And, and sometimes I get to go on these TV shows, as you mentioned, and they're fun. So I'm doing these little things for NBC and this open house show. Yeah. And their crew is great. I mean, it's NBC for goodness sake. For sure. They don't know me as well. And it's not, it's not the Brian show. So it's just one day in their bigger show. Mm -hmm. So it's, I, when I can connect in to the, to the camera guy or the director or whatever, it's like, it's so much more awesome. But what it feels like, just do that smiley thing. And it's just like, Ugh. It feels like work. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, sometimes I life it just feels like a knife through butter. And sometimes it's like dragging bricks up a hill. Like, For sure. Know? And that, that's it. Some days you're going to be pumped about doing what you got to do. And other days you're not going to be as pumped about doing it. But the, but the high producers, they do it whether they feel like it or they don't. And I think that's, that, that kind of separates people. Uh, and I got to know, do you ever wake up? days and kind of just feel like a resistance to work. Like I don't want to do all the things I got to do today. For sure. And, and if yes. you, and if you do, what do you say to yourself in those moments or just how do you Get fight your ass up? You got bills to pay. <laughs> <laughs> is that, is that the line that you say I internally? Mean, look, okay. Here's, here's my family, my deep family, my old Virginia family, sure. old farmers, old, old, deep down to 1600s, kind of back to Wales like, mm -hmm. and England, like old, you know, farmers. Sure. And they had to do it every day, every single day, like get up, get going. But is there like an internal dialogue? There that for is, you? it's in my DNA. It's in your DNA. Just my, hard, my, hard work my, is in your DNA. I think so. And, and, and there's a lot of, uh, the way I get through those days where you're like, oh my God, it's so hard. I don't want to do this. Uh, is you have, usually you do that when your tank is not full. Right. And the way I fill my tank on days where it's already depleted is I immediately, I pull out a notebook and I just start writing. Like it, it looks like some John Nash crazy man shit. Okay. It's like beautiful mind looking vibes. Never look at it. You guys will certify. <laughs> You'll like put me away. Like, I don't judge the brain. I just let it flow and I kind of douche out things. Okay. And I just 
right words, whether they're fear, uh, anger, but, uh, jealous, like even if it's nasty stuff or if it's just like amazing butterflies, love, life, like sometimes it's very that. And, and even that it's like extreme. So it's odd either way. So I just get it all out, get the thing going. And I try to put on some uplifting YouTube thing that makes me happy, either music or uh, an old <laughs> lately. I've enjoyed uh, like old interviews, David Letterman or, okay. or Johnny freaking Carson, like old school <laughs> stuff all right. uh, that of someone like, you know, Frank Sinatra being interviewed by Carson or they didn't name any old interview. I just look at it and sometimes they make me happy. I don't even know why. And, and so getting out of my own head and then planning to do something physical with my body, even if I don't feel like it, sure. uh, a stretch, a run, uh, weight, weights, whatever, just to get out of your body. To, just because for me, getting out of my mind and letting go is to just to get into my body a little more, just move rhythms, like just shake it up, like shake it out. Um, and, uh, that helps me. And then, then you find you're on your trajectory, right? Yeah. That, that, that to me helps. I think that's powerful. I, Cause I think a lot of agents struggle with that, right? The best thing about this business is you're your own boss, but that's also the toughest thing about this business is that you, oh, yeah. you, you've got to call your own shots. But you know, I like those takeaways. You, you, you take out a pen and journal when you're feeling some resistance, just kind of like free training don't thought judge journaling. It. Like literally don't judge it. you might end up writing a great book or a play, or it might look like a crazy man. Right. <laughs> it's, okay. Looks like. it's okay. So, you just got to get it out and then connect yeah. to your body, whether that's a workout, a stretch or a run. And then you'll just pull something up on YouTube that you know is going to make you happy and change your state. I think those are three really good takeaways for an agent that maybe it's a Wednesday morning. They don't want to do their calls. They don't want to you know, preview the inventory. Do one or two or three of those things and it might completely change your state. It will. And, and, and do things you love, like put on stuff you love the food you love, the people you love and, and drop the negativity. There's enough of it. I'm not saying don't be a, don't be a Luddite. Don't put your head under a, a rock and pretend the world is just butterflies and roses. But you know, when you're raising little ones and uh, even if you're not, cause there's plenty of people that are plenty successful and never want kids and anything like that. More Which is to right. Totally cool. But, but when you, you know, we live in a, a big city, New York, and there's confusing things and it's a funny time. Right. Uh, so my kids see things and they hear things on the news, but we focus, it's going to sound very Mr. Rogers. Cause I got this from Mr. Rogers, who is my teacher. Um, really great. I watched a lot of Mr. Rogers. So great. Yeah. Great philosopher. Really. You know, at, at, at right? the end of the day. Rogers. Sure. And, uh, I, I remember he would say, you know, and I tell my girls this, when you see sirens and you see an accident or you see somebody in pain, look at the people helping and focus on what's good. And I was like, I can do that. Like, I remember that as a kid, I was like, I can do that. And I've had to use that all through the pandemic, raising two kids all through every election ever from now on, um, all through any name, any, we've lived through a lot, guys, we're survivors. You're listening to this right now. You live through a lot. You need to pat yourself on the back. We've been through some stuff that our parents did not have to go through. For sure. It's kind of cool. For sure. Um, and live to tell the story. But I just try to look for the positive. It, it doesn't mean denying that things are going on and there's a struggle and this and that. But some people really, their identity is the struggle. And I think if you can put that to good use and change the world, that's amazing. 
if I take in the struggle too much, it depletes me and it makes me really down. And I take, everything looks dark because I'm training myself only to look at the dark things. So I have to train myself out of that. It doesn't mean denying it. Uh, I know people are suffering. I know that there are wars. I know that there's people who don't have commission checks coming in. I know that there are people who don't have food. I'm, I'm, if nothing else, New York puts you in humanity's face every day. Absolutely. Next to you on the subway, next to you on the church pew, next to you on the park bench, if you'll pay attention. Uh, but no one ever gets better by joining suffer. Totally agree. Sense? No, you can't suffer enough to help that person. You can thrive enough to help that person. You can help people thrive. And that, that's my mission, right? Creating worlds where people thrive. That's what my group does. That's what we say we do here. Um, Compass helps everybody find their special place in the world. My group, Brian K. Lewis and Associates, we like to create worlds where people thrive. So that's what we like to do. So we try to put our money where our mouth is. I try to give a little bit of money to the, act, the Actors Fund who paid for my real estate license. The Entertainment Community Fund is their name now. So I try to give that. I try to find a few causes that I like to help. I'm not perfect at that. I, I could give way more, to be clear. I try to help at a soup kitchen with my kids once in a while. We have to get better at that since COVID. We haven't done it once. But we talk about things. We talk about issues. And I always look for the people who are helping. Um, and and I, that helps me with optimism, right? And I don't go through a down market like everything's great. Right. I say, Oh, this is a challenge, <laughs> but we're going to find a path because there are people who will be moving. There are people who need help. There are people getting married and having children and people getting divorced and, and going through changes of life and downsizing and upsizing. So we're going to find it and we're going to help them in every market. I don't care what the interest rate is. I don't care what the economy's like movement happens because I moved a lot as a kid. And sometimes interest rates were 14%. My dad said at one point, we were still moving and still buying houses. So there will be people uh, that can, can use your help. And people want to be around people who are optimistic, productive, and make the experience, dare I say, joyful. Because at the end of the day, what we do is we are middle people. We are not, we can't be the source of the drama. We have to be the source of the solution at every turn. We're the conduit that makes things happen. And the minute we stop doing that, the minute we become AI and we just become a cog in a wheel and a robot. hundred percent. I agree Connect with those people, connect with people, make it human. And I, you know, like you said, people want to be around optimistic, productive people that do their best to make the whole thing joyful. I think if you really just focus on those three pillars, you can make it in this business. I mean, that is really what people are looking for. And I love that tagline, you know, creating worlds where people can thrive. I mean, that, that that's pretty powerful Trademark, stuff. What? Trademark. Trademark. No, so yeah, no one out there, don't, 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 there. do not <laughs> steal it audience. That's a good one. But no, it really is honestly a pretty powerful tagline. It, it's inspiring. And just to, to kind of rewind really quickly, because I know we, we talked about the source of your business. It didn't sound like it came from like necessarily cold calls or like BNI groups. It sounds like a lot of your business is referral based word of mouth, which word is about building to building people to people. Right. Um, I, I tell you, I, I can't always crack the nut of the friends business. Like I don't get a lot of my friends like asking me to. I have enough. I, I would, I could use more, sure. but, you know, there are some people that really crack the nut of like, Oh, their, their kid's school or yeah. this and that. And the other, I usually, people are surprised. They're like, Oh, I know you sold real estate, but 
my neighbor told me about you. And I'm like, I know that guy. And I'm like, I kind of love the, the come back around to it. Like sure. of that, I don't want ever anyone to hire me because they feel like they have to. I don't like that. No, of course you not. Know? But, but I think it's still incredible that you built the business you've built off of really just kind of word to, you know, mouth to mouth referrals from past clients. I got to know, do you have a system for like keeping in touch with them? Do you send like a newsletter? Or do you try and reach out every 90 days? Or is it just that you do such a good job selling the property that they never forget you? Um, maybe it's a little bit of that, but there's some people that have listed with others. I'm like, oh man, I failed. Look at that. That went on the market and that I sold that to them and they were direct. Damn it. Right. <laughs> maybe they didn't like me. I don't, sure. You know, um, every pot has a different lid. Um, they, I, I don't know. I, 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 I haven't cracked it yet. I, I mean, I think you, I think you've cracked it. It sounds like you've I cracked it. Yeah. You, you're just, <laughs> it sounds you know, like you have, Brian. I feel like if you can get in front of me, if I can get in front of you and, and you see what I do, it kind yeah. of builds itself. And that the video might be one Avenue. If you respond to that, maybe you're going to say, Oh, let me look deeper into that. Oh, I love when I go on a presentation and like, we looked you up and we were impressed with this, 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 and this. And we saw that because I don't have to talk. Sure. Like, I'm like, Oh, that's so nice of you to do that. And, um, and I can, here's how I can make all that work for you. Here's what I can do for you. Um, and that's, that's always, it's got to go back to them, right? It's about them. Is, is that, well, what is like your core mindset going into a big listing presentation? Like what, um, what, what, what points are you trying to hit on? What preparation are you doing for, you know, we, for we the like equipment? Data. I mean, I, I have my group help me. They put me on third base with data points and I, then we go through it together and I say, oh, but did you know this contextually? And they, they'll, they'll, oh, that's an interesting point. So they put me on third base for my data. They're great at it. And I get the data. We really drill down in the building, in the area, if you're listening to this and outside of New York, you're going to be seeing like in the immediate neighborhood on the block and then in town. Um, but you know, hyper local and then a little bit wider and where it fits into it. And what I think the best asset, I always look for the, looking for the positive. What are the best features of the home? What are the takeaways? What will make that differentiate differentiator? Yeah. To, yeah, there's a word in there. It's, it's yeah. there. <laughs> so I, I think that's what you have to find. And sure. then you find that and you throw fertilizer on that. Yeah. Right? Be it I the like view. That. Sometimes it's obvious what it is, right? It's like, oh my God. But some places aren't as obvious. Like uh, just another white brick building from the 60s. Well, then make it that. Make it the story about these homes don't get the attention they deserve. And here's why I love them. I like that. And why a lot. were they being built in reaction to the pre-war movement? Why was this the modern era, the era of the automobile and the light and the, they didn't want the tall ceilings because heating was more expensive now. So they wanted everything lined up with the sun. Like there's a nice narrative there, that mid century thing. So you got to find the, find the magic in the place. Even if it's just a wreck that needs a vision that there's magic in that vision. Nice. That's kind of cool. That, that's so find, powerful stuff. That's powerful stuff. Find right the narrative. There. Find the story. Like if you had five seconds with someone to tell you why that apartment's great, right? Get that part out. Get that. Like part that's what out. you want to get out. I like that. So know the data. Obviously, you've know got the it. data. Know the data, but then find the magic. Know the, the data and find the differentiable data that separates them. And sometimes it's nothing they even notice themselves. But and I also ask the seller, why did you buy it? Why do you love this? Like, tell me about your experience living here. And sometimes they light up. Sometimes they don't. Um, 
and, and if they'll entertain you, but you got to play the room you're in, right? Like theater, the audience isn't going for all this great stuff you're giving out. Change it. Um, don't stay on one course. If you see them glazing over, like, what is he talking about? What do I care? I want to know. I want to make money. What's it, what's it worth and what's your commission? Sometimes sure. you get those people. Yeah. Okay, great. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about what I'm going to do different than everybody else is going to charge you the exact same commission. Are they going to spend $1,200 on this, 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 and this? Are they going to spend five grand on that, 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 and that? Do they have a database of this many people and the social network of blah, 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 and a team of people who does nothing but post my YouTubes and make sure that's good? How does that work for you? That will differentiate your property. That will tell a story a different way. And I'm going to charge you the same thing as the person who doesn't even know what that is. I so hope I, I hope everyone out there is taking notes, man, because there's a lot of good takeaways there from, you know, one of the top listing powerhouses in New York City. And that's, you know, those are some of the mindsets, the pillars that you have to take into these listing presentations. Just it's about their needs, right? It's really about their needs. And you have to always come back to what they want. Um, Brian, dude, good stuff, man. I, you know what? I really appreciate you carving time out for us, being on doing big things today. I'm sure anyone listening is going to take some stuff away from this and that they can apply to their business directly. And that's going to help them thrive, man. Thank you for being on today, Brian. Hey, Brett. Thank you. Thank you. And this is not vodka. <laughs> you know, if it is, it's okay. It's 5.09 PM. So no, I would, <laughs> work, but I've got to work. So, ju you know, I can't judgment free zone. Where can people follow you? Keep up with all your amazing content, so all, all the socials. I wish I could say it was just one thing, but sometimes it's Brian Keith Lewis. Sometimes it's Brian K Lewis, but on YouTube, I think it's Brian Keith Lewis. And you can also just go to Brian K Lewis.com. So I have this like very bougie website and you can look at that. You can find me that way. Um, but that, you can find me on all the stuff. You'll find me. You'll, you'll find him. You can't miss this guy. But if you Google me, it's also, there's my name's <laughs> kind of common. So there's like, you mean the Brian K. Lewis funeral home? So I have my name on Google alert. Like yeah. I'm like, oh, look at me when I'm in an article. And I get all these alerts all day long that so-and-so will be laid out at the Brian K. Lewis funeral home. In Rochester, New York. But I was going to delete the search, like screw it. There's too many. Ah. But I've decided that every time I get that, it's going to be a reminder that we all going to die. Like that's happening, right? That's guaranteed. So get busy and do your shit and have fun doing it and don't hurt people. There it is, guys. Powerful stuff. I like that. The funeral reminder to set on your phone. <laughs> yeah, get them. I mean, that's a little morbid, but I think it's powerful it is, stuff. But I, it's weird. <laughs> But I, I did the Google search because I wanted to know, like, oh, look at me mentioned on this news site. Look at this closing. They're bragging about me. I don't even have to brag. And no, it's a funeral home in Rochester where they're laying out Mildred. Yeah. I love it. I love it, Brian. This was awesome, guys. Everyone out there, I appreciate you being here. If you've got some time today, of course, I would appreciate you leaving us a rating on Spotify or Apple, wherever you are listening. If not, I just appreciate you being here and I hope you come back next week. And until then, guys, get out there and do big things.